Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson. Uh, this is probably episode 17. I don't know. I'm recording them way out of order, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. We are here with a friend of mine, blogger for the website, uh, so hopefully you've been enjoying what he's had to say. Um, I haven't, but I'm kind of committed, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got Josh Long with us here. Hi there, everyone. How's it going? Thanks, Josh. Um, okay, so... <laughs> That's all I got. That's my introduction. I'm being a little little mysterious. Yeah, all right. And so... Uh, as, okay, so already the, I can tell this is going to be a little bit like the Sean Richardson episode <laughs> where I'm just going to make fun of you because uh, you're a friend. Just like real uh, life. Yeah, this is how I am with friends, everybody. I'm a, kind of a bad person, actually. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so Josh, let's get to know you a little bit. Sure, let's get to know me a little bit. Ugh, I'm regretting this <laughs> right out gonna, of the box. We are a minute for... in, and uh, uh, all right. So, uh, so where where are you from, there, Josh? I am from. Uh, well, I was raised in Durham, North Carolina. All right, that uh, Central North Carolina. It's right near Duke University. There, I, I was born in Texas. My parents are from like uh, from Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, and then I grew up in North Carolina. So, sort of all over the place. Wow. Was a, I was not expecting that I'm in sorry. depth of an answer. North Carolina was what I was expecting. The, the introduction wasn't enough for you, so I tried to like really do something with the... Uh, you know, this whole episode is going to be pretty much about like you. Man, I hope so. So, all right. <laughs> <sighs> I guess it's too late to go back now. Go on. Um, guide, guide us, Tyler. All right. Uh, okay, so you're from North Carolina. From North Carolina, yes. Uh, where did you uh, Where did you attend college? I went to college at a tiny little school called Bryan College in Eastern Tennessee. Bryan, how's that spelled? That's with a Y, named after William Jennings Bryan. Oh, famous for uh, for losing the presidency to uh, yeah. William McKinley, among other people. And for all intents and purposes, losing the Scopes Monkey Trial. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, sir, that's correct. <laughs> and you the, said that's the guy I want to be uh, associated with. The the college actually is is in the town where the Scopes Monkey Trial took place. Like right. that's that's where the uh that's why it's there i guess seems odd to me that uh they would if if you're going to name a school after william jennings bryan that you would have it take place there the site of i would say his most well-known failure um he won the case though right but as far as he, in the he, court of public opinion yeah he he technically won the case but apparently there were some uh, some shady dealings that went down because people in town wanted him to win the case uh-huh. and i think there were threats were traded and things like that but I mean, he he fought the good fight. That's I'll give him that. And uh-huh. uh, and he, he I mean he was a great speaker and a great orator and a, and a and a and a strong strong believer with a lot of good things to say. So I think uh, I like to think that Brian's named more after the uh, the orator and and uh, Christian William Jennings Bryan than the loser of the Scopes Monkey trial, Monkey Trial, uh, William Jennings Bryan. That's the thing, though, is that he. Uh it's the same guy, and you attended the college. It is the same guy. So, uh, I did all right. The college. Uh, is it a was it a is it a Christian college? It is a Christian school. Yeah. Okay. And what did you study there? I studied um, theater mostly. It's communications with an emphasis in in theater and film, communication okay. arts. All right. Did you enjoy your time there? Would you recommend people go there? I, I would. It's it's actually it's a really great school. It's um one of the reasons I went there is because uh, it's it's a top rated school in the the that U.S. News and World Report. Uh, deal that everybody thinks is so important um 
but uh, they they always get very high rankings for being uh, like very high quality academically, and mm-hmm. um, I mean I saw that in everything everything that uh, that I experienced there, and I I feel like I got a very strong and well rounded education. Okay, and um, and one of the things I liked about it too, not to do a commercial for Bryan College, but it's, that's fine because it's a smaller school. You get to know more people. You get to to spend a lot more one-on-one time with your professors. I mean, there are lots of times I went over to professors' houses for like like to hang out or to. We had a class one time at the president's house. Like he had us all over, and sounds and, uh, inappropriate. I don't like it. It sounds uh, <laughs> sounds speaking of shady dealings, you know. So it's, you're not going to be you're not going to be failed if you uh, you know are hanging out with with the teachers. Could be, could be, but probably you not. Probably you probably wouldn't be allowed to come even hang out. You'd have to like wait outside. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know that that happened to anyone, but man, that'd be funny. All right. Anyway, so uh, okay, so you uh, when did you uh, graduate? I graduated in two thousand five. Two thousand five, a magical year. Certainly. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's, I guess I should mention, in case those, uh, in case you can't tell from uh, from my voice, and to a lesser extent Josh's voice, we are both uh, a little under the weather. That's right. I'm doped up on cold medicine, mm-hmm. so I'm a little punchy, a little slap happy. So I might be a little silly uh, this this uh, episode. And I'm always a little silly. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit off putting. <laughs> so I have an excuse. Okay, but uh, okay. So we'll we'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, so you graduated in two thousand five. Yes, sir. You currently live, of course, here in Los Angeles. Here in Los Angeles. Uh, when did you move out here? I moved out here in March of two thousand eight. So March two thousand eight. So what what happened uh, in those three years in the interim? In in between, I uh, I was living back in North Carolina, and I was working. Uh, I was I was a working actor, but uh, that you know that's not always enough to pay the bills. So I was I was acting, and at the same time, I was. Uh, I was, you know, waiting tables and things like that, and uh, sort of heading up the, uh, carrying through the the final production stuff with a feature film that I wrote and directed in uh, my final year at Bryan, mm-hmm. um, called For the Title. For the Title. It's a hilarious mockumentary about two rival Ultimate Frisbee teams and their rise to the championship of a small local league. Absolutely. And it uh, did well at some... Uh Film festivals? If not, it did. Uh, yeah, we went to, uh, I think we were at four different film festivals, and we won the People's Choice Award at one of them, which right. was the Southern Fried Flicks Film Festival in so. Augusta, Georgia, which uh, sadly is not not around anymore. It was a good festival, but hmm. it's not, not around today. And of course, as we all know, the, the words People's Choice usually means, you know... No real merit, like artistically. It's <laughs> right. just people didn't find it too challenging. It means everybody loves it, is right. what it means. Right, absolutely. It means people came up to me afterwards and they were like, hey, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, it's difficult, isn't it, to to know exactly when to take a drink of water? It is, yeah. Because so, you never know when I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll try and... Uh, I'll try and uh, make sure to talk for long periods of time and give you the chance to, to take a drink. I'm just going to ask you a difficult question and then like shove it in my face right as, as soon as I can. Oh, I'll deflect. I will totally deflect it. Ah. Uh, all right. So uh, now what were some of the – I mean you were a working actor paid mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And that actually – what fascinates me about that is that 
you know, there are certain expectations that if you're going to be a working actor, whether on stage, uh, on screen, that you need to live in New York or Los Angeles, pretty much those two. Mm-hmm. Um, films are shot elsewhere, but uh, if you're going to be like a, a working actor and not just a featured extra, mm-hmm. uh, you need to work in one of the live in one of those two places. Uh, but you actually. You had an agent mm-hmm. uh, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you got a fair amount of work. Uh, what were some of the things that you worked on? Well, I, uh, I I did a good bit of theater out there that actually wasn't wasn't associated with my with my agent. I uh, I got connected with a theater group in Durham called Ghost and Spice Productions, and uh, with them I did uh, Long Day's Journey into Night and uh, The Drawer Boy, which is a little it's a little lesser known play, but it's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in both of those, and then I was actually a, a company member for a little while, and um, and I was also associated with uh, with uh, well, I did a few plays with uh, the theater in the park in Raleigh, which is um, it's headed up by Ira David Wood the third. Oh my! Um, <laughs> and his his daughter is is Evan Rachel Wood, the actress. Oh, and um, so they they've got a big uh, acting family. I think uh, I know. Uh, Ira David Wood has been acting since he was young, and then his daughter and his son are both uh, both involved in in film and theater. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the uh, films that uh, that you were in while you were out there? Some of the films uh, i I was in a film about John Wesley okay. called Wesley. Uh-huh, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and where I played a Moravian. Uh, I don't. I wasn't necessarily a pastor; more of like a church leader sort okay. of um david nichman is my character's name do you have to do an accent sounds like you did i did i had to speak in a german accent i had to to learn uh i had to like listen to a a, a cd where i would say things in a german accent and mm-hmm. i'm not sure how it turns out i haven't seen the final movie yet i'm hoping <laughs> it sounds all right and doesn't just sound like i don't sound like Dieter from uh from uh you know what I feel Saturday like? Night Live. There, I feel like there are certain accents that you can just do the stereotype accent. <laughs> Most people aren't going to care. They'll just get they'll get the message. Oh, he's German, right? That's exactly. Good. He likes exactly. techno music and monkeys. Yeah, it just and you could be like, "Hello, Gavna." It's like, <laughs> oh, he's British, but not too high class. Um, but <laughs> oh man, hello, Gavna. Yeah, right, like that. Just, I got a uh, clean this chimney. I do right. Or you can say, "Why don't you throw another shrimp on the barbie?" Well, he went from British to Australian right away. Look at that. <laughs> Apparently, that's what uh, Australian people say. Yeah, I don't even really know what that means. I, I, I think it barbie seems like a means cooking term. Yeah, I think barbie means barbecue. But oh, that's what makes sense. Yeah, why? They must really love barbecue shrimp down there. I really feel like they don't, and it's a it's a misnomer. Hmm. I should talk about like something Canadians else. with beer. I bet they don't like beer that much. <laughs> I'm like joking, it. of course. Uh, there are a bunch of drunks up there. Um, oh wow! I'm jo- that I'm joking about. I'm being facetious. <laughs> you um, feel pretty strongly. It's about the Dayquil that. talking, everybody. <laughs> uh, so okay, so you were in uh, Wesley, and uh, what uh, what were some of the other things that uh, that you were in? I also had the lead in a uh, a 3D sci-fi film called Duel. Duel, where right. I played both myself and a replicant of myself. All right. <laughs> um, so no association with the uh, Steven Spielberg film Duel. Nope. 
All right. There's about 10 movies called Duel on IMDb. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of them. Uh, you, it's all you. Yet You're not one of all them. of them. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough. So, uh, there was... <laughs> that is a, that's very strange. Uh, so you were... At, I'll just go, and ha- go ahead and ask kind of a strange question. Uh, what was it like playing two characters? Uh, <laughs> was the replicant, replicant like a perfect replicant? Were you basically just playing one character twice? Or I have to assume he was evil or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, the, the idea is that the replicant is evil... Uh, just doesn't say anything, and I just had like a scary look on my face the whole time. So, oh, all right. so there wasn't a whole lot of development that had to go into it. It's like uh, one track bent on evil, destroy everything. Right. So, and uh, basically all my acting is I think I hunch my shoulders up a little bit and I make this funny face. Um, I did it a little bit there. For yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't care for that face. I didn't do I it all not. the way. It's even worse than that. That's weird. It's, like, a, it's a scary face. It seems odd to me, just in general, not to uh, not to make fun of the film that you were in twice, uh, but uh, it seems odd to me that it's just like, oh, there's a perfect le- replicant, except for the evil expression he's always making. It's not. Doesn't seem like a replicant yeah. to me. Also, if people ran into the replicant, they'd be like, "Hey there, what's going on? You look a little uh, look a little funny there." And then I wouldn't say anything to them, or the right. replicant wouldn't say anything yeah. to them. And they'd be like, hey, I'm going to go and check the man. And then you'd get stabbed or something. Right, okay. I think he hits people with a baseball bat a lot. There's a sword also, samurai nice. sword. Um, and why wouldn't there be? Why not? <laughs> I believe I chopped my own head off at the end of the movie. Nice. Yeah. I won't tell you who chops whose head off. What? You'll have to see Duel 3D. Will I? Do I have to see you it? You don't have to. I mean, I am but a if you want to know that. But, uh, I might tell you. All right. Do you but have a copy this. of it? No. How can... Uh, were there? I'm sorry. Were there? Are there? There are others uh, that you were in uh, in North Carolina. There was nothing else major. I did a I did a commercial um, for a jewelry store. I did um, I did some like kind of short film stuff. Things with my friends. I, I directed. Well, I wrote and directed two short films in the time out there. One of them back in Tennessee with with people from college, and one of them um, in North Carolina. Uh, one of which is completed, the other of which is still in the uh, in the editing phase. Uh-huh. And what are those called? Uh, the one's called the uh, the visitor, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the idea is a guy shows up in the middle of the night at a at another guy's house and claims to be an old friend, mm-hmm. and then ne- the next morning they realize that he isn't in fact an old friend at all. He just either made it up or doesn't remember, or there's uh, a little bit of a question to why he's there at all. And it's all right. it's that's. Humorous. Did you? Oh, okay. So it's a comedy. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, so it's not a very touching drama. <laughs> no, no. Or a really. thriller. That could be a thriller. No, it's not. Oh, all right. So Sorry. That's, so that's it. So that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Huh. It's only slightly funny. It's a think piece. Oh my. Okay. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening to Mother <laughs> One Lesson. Thanks, Josh. Good night, everyone. Um. So. <laughs> so. Uh, so the visitor that is the one that is completed. That's completed. The other one's called uh, Wrong Side. It's Wrong Side, one word. It's about mm-hmm. a guy who wakes up on the wrong side of the bed every morning and then realizes that he's been getting up on the wrong side of the bed. He changes it, and his life changes around for him. Also a comedy? Yeah. All right. It's kind of a simple idea, but... Uh, yeah. So it sounds, like, it sounds like you like to like uh, you like you to make people laugh. I enjoy it. Yes, Tyler. I like to make people laugh. Well, all right then. Okay, so uh, now are any of these, I mean, 
you know, I, these were professional productions. You got paid to be a part of them. Um, are they available? Can If I wanted to watch Wesley and see your German accent, mm-hmm. hear it rather, I, would, I guess, uh, how, could I, how could I find it? There, there's a website for the movie. I mean, it, it's on IMDb, and I think through IMDb you can you can get it get to the to the website. I don't know that it's available for DVD yet. Okay. Um, I've been keeping an eye on it, and last thing I saw, it's not it's not quite available yet, but it, it should be soon. Uh, yeah. Is it good? I haven't seen any. I know, <laughs> any but did you read the script? Uh, yes, I did read the whole script. Okay. Do it's stand, a, Do you stand by it? The script, at least. It's it's uh, I mean it's a very it's interesting because it's his his story of right. before he really um it's kind of about how he really becomes a, a Christian okay and so it's interesting that 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 history is very yeah very I uh, it sounds interesting to me simply because uh, I don't know much about a lot of like the uh, a lot of like church fathers and yeah like just figures. Uh, Influencing figures in the church. Um, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to watch that, uh, although I never did, that film Luther with uh, oh, yeah. Joseph I, Fiennes. I actually haven't seen that one either, but yeah. I've heard it's really good. It's got a great cast. I heard it was it's good, not necessarily great, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of more interested in watching it simply for the historical aspect of it uh, yeah. rather than uh, I'm not looking for you know Amadeus or something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so it sounds it sounds interesting to me and uh and yeah i'd like to uh get a hold of it somehow but uh but i'll you know i'll leave that up to everybody else to find now what about duel can people see duel that's not out on dvd yet either Uh, that i know for sure is not out yet i have the first i have a copy on the way to me like i just the director told me not too long ago he's sending me a copy all Um, right and so that will be uh coming to a hopefully like a netflix near you yeah 3d (laughs) 3d so I'm so if I watch this, I can see like a Josh Long just whoa coming coming at you coming right out at you with Ugh. a sword. Oh man, yeah, a a baseball sword. bat. Oh, of course, that's why they must have picked the the weapons because yeah. it makes them okay. I guns gotcha. guns aren't as exciting in 3D unless the bullets are actually flying right. at you. A shotgun. Yeah, that could yeah, shotgun would work, but we okay. didn't have a uh, the technology for that. Okay, uh, so then you came out to. Uh, Came out to Los Angeles, two thousand eight. Yes, sir. And uh, what have you been doing? Uh, what have you been doing out here? What projects have you been associated with? Well, I've been uh, I've done some acting out here. I did a uh, I had the the lead in a feature film called Lily. Yeah. That um, is currently doing some film festivals. It was at the uh, the uh, the film market at Con. That's not the uh, the competition, but mm-hmm. it's uh, got some exposure there. And uh, was recently at a film festival here in Los Angeles called the Feel Good Film Festival, which mm-hmm. uh, is a good festival. It's a lot of fun, and um, so it's th- it's there. He's uh, the the director Hiroshi Nakajima. Oh yeah, is uh, he's working on actually trying to get a, a small theater run? I think is his goal. Okay. Um, and that's you know it's obviously a really big goal and not really easy to do. So that may or may not happen. I, I it'd be great if it does, and best of luck to him. Um, but uh, so that's in the still coming out phases. Okay. And um, then I've also I've been doing I've been doing some writing in several different capacities. And one of the things I've been doing is uh, a web series called Firmly Legal. Okay. That uh, is 
it's kind of like the office at a law firm. Okay. It's that same style that it's it's uh improvisational, it's kind of a documentary style. Okay. And um it's about a girl who comes to this law office and uh finds out how crazy everybody at the office is. And Indeed, yes. Hilarity ensues. A lot. <laughs> uh, and where can people find that? You can find that on mylegalmix.com. Okay. Um, uh, and then there's a button right on the front that says Firmly Legal. The, the whole website is designed both to have a, a kind of an information and an entertainment side about the law business. Yeah. So if you're, if you're actually looking for legal advice, it's a good resource to go to without having to pay a lawyer. Um, he's got a whole section called Asked and Answered. Mm-hmm. Which is difficult to say, but it's people asking questions like, hey, I got a – they're asking some kind of law question. Like, I fell off a building and onto someone else's car, but I was pushed off the building. Do I have to pay for the car? Does the guy push me? You know, it's nothing that extreme really, but – Yeah, it sounds like that guy might have actually more <laughs> pressing concerns, yeah. like I would say, being assassinated. Well, that guy is dead now. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. indeed. But his wife is more, you know. She's she's she got wants a, to know what, how she gets her money. She's got a mess of legal battles to fight. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so I guess uh, I'll go ahead and ask what I what I ask everybody else, uh, and I really don't know what the answer is. Uh, usually I do. I don't on this one. Mm. I'll ask anyway. All right. Uh, so as a you are a, a Christian, of course, and uh, as a Christian, uh, what how have you found uh, the Los Angeles? film industry to be uh you know some some of our previous guests uh it wasn't really a big issue you mm-hmm. know people weren't uh, necessarily bothered by it but for others uh they were uh kind of criticized for it uh mm-hmm. seemingly constantly yeah and uh what has your experience been with that it it depends on on where you are sort of because, uh, I mean, one of the first times that I kind of had a clash with it was uh, in 2004, I attended the Los Angeles Film Studies Center out here, which is a, it's a semester-long program that I went to through my college, mm-hmm. and um, through Bryan College. And uh, part of that was an internship, and I entered with a production company called Rich Productions, and mm-hmm. they made, like, Starsky and Hutch and Mouse Hunt and uh, several major right. major movies. And uh, I used to go out to eat for lunch with with uh, my supervisor usually. And one time I was out with uh, with she and a friend, with her and a friend. Mm. Okay. And uh, you know we were we were having lunch, so I usually pray before my lunch. But of course they don't, so I I stopped to pray, and I heard that, like they had stopped talking. And when I looked up, the friend was just looking at me, and she was like. Did you just pray? <laughs> I was like, yes. And then and she said to me, "Man, you're not going to get anywhere in this industry if you're doing that." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow." Um, which oddly, that was not discouraging to me at all. I actually yeah. felt really like I felt really good about doing that and and not being afraid to just pray in front of people. And and maybe it's one of those things where you take some kind of ridicule for the name of Christ, and it's like, that's awesome. That was actually really cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, and then uh, it's surprising a lot of people don't uh, because LA is such a such a place where they're all about all about tolerance and understanding. There are still a lot of people who will get to you about Christianity, but a, a lot of people who just kind of they don't want to mess with you. You're like whatever, you know, whatever works for you, that's fine. Yeah. 
And uh, if it comes to actually convincing them of your faith, that can be difficult. But if it comes to being, uh, if it's a question of whether or not they are persecuting you, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes it's not too much of a of a case. Um, one of the things that becomes difficult is that I believe the higher up you get, the more cutthroat everything is. Right. And the kind of advice that you get from from people are things that are clearly not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they they tell you you gotta you gotta pretend to be everybody's friend. You gotta like lie about everything. You gotta pretend you're interested in people. Um, you gotta like use people and then throw them away. Like use a contact and then get rid of them. Like don't give them anything. Just get and see what you can get. And it's a very, it's a very selfish and cutthroat industry. And I mean, I guess a lot of people know that already. You've heard that about Hollywood, but yeah, I, I feel like there have been instances when I've either directly or indirectly kind of seen that and been like, they, they really, that's real. They really do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the only way though, but I no, think people no. have, I, I wonder if there, I feel like there are some people who might perpetuate that the myth that that is the only way to do it mm-hmm. because it adds to a certain image of Hollywood and yeah. success. The idea that it's like, well, I'm successful in Hollywood and clearly this is the only way to succeed in Hollywood. So look how, you know, look how awesome I am. Look yeah. how cutthroat I am. You don't want to mess with me, yeah. you know? Um, so I think there are people who, who perpetuate that, uh, but I don't think it's true. I've known, no, I'm, I don't think it's true at all that that's what you have to do. Right. Sometimes it's easier, I think. Yeah. And um, I just read this book uh, by David Mamet called Bambi vs. Godzilla. Yeah. And he is very angry at all of Hollywood in, in that book. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of all over the place, but there's a lot of that stuff where he talks about how everybody gets screwed over, and that's that's what it's about. You do it, and... There's nothing you can do. <laughs> it's kind of, it was a very depressing book. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he, he almost seems to be taking the line of people that are trying to keep everybody else out because yeah. so many people want to break into the industry, obviously, and, and most of the people who are in don't want anybody new to come into the industry. You know, like they've got their jobs. Uh, anyone new who comes in is threatening them or, or might make them have to change things. And yeah, uh, a lot of producers do not want to change things. They just want things to work. And that's what's important. Wow, that's really depressing. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, I mean, it is it is there. It's not mm-hmm. you know, it's not purely a myth. Uh, there are people like that. I interned for somebody like that. I won't say who, but uh, he he could be a very nice guy. But he, I mean, I've heard him tear people apart on the phone and uh it wasn't pleasant to listen to and it was frustrating it's like and this guy had a lot of success Mm -hmm. uh in the film industry as a producer and i just thought like man this is sad to me um that this is what you need to do or or this is what some people feel they need to do Right, right and so um so it is real and that's something that that i feel like uh should be emphasized to uh, any Christians or anybody listening to this who wants to get into the film industry is that there's an aspect of that and it's not going to be pleasant. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you if you do feel that you're supposed to come out here and this is what you're supposed to do, then just be ready for it. And if you feel like this, maybe you would like to do it, but you don't feel like the conviction that this is what definitely where you're supposed to be, then I would say 
save yourself a lot of trouble, really. Yeah, and a lot, and I'd say a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hurt. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, if you really feel convicted that this is where you need to be, mm-hmm. then by all means, come out here with open eyes. Yeah. But if you feel like maybe you could do something else, then do it. And I know that sounds, you know, rough. I thankfully, uh, I don't think I could make it in the in the film industry i'm a very i'm a surprisingly sensitive person and uh in spite of the fact that i make fun of all my friends when they come on my show but uh you know and and like i don't think i i could make it and i feel like god called me out of it Mm -hmm. because it just there is a certain degree of uh you do need definitely a thick skin one way or another and uh and i think i've been developing it but i certainly don't have uh what is completely required and so Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh it's kind of depressing but it is how things are. Yeah. And so I feel like that's something that I try to emphasize to people. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, I mean really any any industry trying to get into is difficult and uh I mean film industry is no different, maybe harder and but uh, I mean of all the people that I've talked to who are in you know positions where they're they're making it in the industry, the the best advice that I've ever gotten is don't give up. Yeah, I mean that's that's really all you can say. There's no, there's no like formula to get in. There's no, you can't like start in the mail room and work your way up. Yeah, uh, it's it's you just got to work. You got to do a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and don't give up. And that's that's the best thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I'll tell this story, and then we're gonna take a break. Uh, <laughs> and I think I've told you this, but it is it's one of the most depressing stories I've ever heard. Um, I was at school. Uh, in, in college, um, I went to Columbia college and there was a guest speaker. (laughs) There was a guest speaker at one of my classes and, uh, and he was a, he was a nice guy, you know, fairly down to earth, but, uh, but he was, uh, he said, he started off with saying, all right, uh, to make it in Hollywood, what is the one thing you absolutely need? And, uh, people said like, you know, contacts and he goes, yeah, contacts are very important, but that's not what I'm thinking. What else? And so then people started getting kind of a little more conceptual with, and they're like perseverance, you know, and like talking about personality traits. He goes, but that's very important. Absolutely. But that's not what I'm talking about. And so finally, after like four minutes of this, why didn't I go five? Oh, well, after four minutes of this, uh, He goes, he's like, all right, all these are very good answers, but no, luck, you need luck. And it's just like, well, I can't major in luck, man. Come on. You're not helping anybody out here. I admit, I I acknowledge that it is very difficult and you, you know, but you can't acquire luck. So what you're saying is that college is a waste of my time. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I have to assume that the instructor who brought you in is now hating you and regretting bringing you in because... You're not helping anybody when you say that. I'm just going to skip class now and go get myself a horseshoe. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to cut the feet off of so many rabbits because <laughs> they're more lucky when they're, uh, you know, if you get all four fresh. together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you got dinner afterwards. It's great. It's, no one ever has a rabbit's feet keychain. It's always foot. <laughs> I know. If you had more than one, it just then you just seem barbaric. Oh man, then just you know. <laughs> Planes with your enemies in them fall out of the sky. You're just you're just that guy. You're like rabbit killing Marty. That's who you are. <laughs> Even if your name's not Marty, that's the weird thing about it. 
All right. So on that strange note, uh, we will uh, we will take a break and we will be uh, right back. Don't go away. Thanks, Josh. We're back. We're back. <laughs> all right. So uh, scared me. It's uh, it's all right. Uh, all right. So we are. Uh, yeah. As I said, we're back with uh, Josh Long. I'm Josh Long. In case you can't tell, our voices apart. Um, I'm the one who doesn't have a voice that sounds good on podcast. I was gonna say radio, but it's not really radio. It's podcast, isn't it? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Where can I find Wesley in the theaters? <laughs> Where right. in the theaters? Anyway, um, no way. I mean, as long as we're pointing oh. out our uh, six, our oh. career failures. Um, all right, so we failed yet? Huh? We've we've still got time to fail, sir. That's true. I guess I could <laughs> lose the listeners that I have, <laughs> and uh, you're going to help me with that. Oh yes. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this episode is going to be different than uh, others. Uh, in it's which not going to be good. Hey, all right. <laughs> I'll take that. That was clever. It's, yeah, but it's, you know, it's like a compliment to me. Okay. It's because I'm here right. that like I'm dragging everything down. You. That's a burn on you. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like Lindsay Lohan in that uh in uh Prairie Home Companion. What what about her? I think she's good in that movie. I don't. I'm sorry. She's not the best singer, but I think she uh I think she's good in her role. Does what is necessary. Does uh, mm. plays it as 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 best she can. And I don't. I can't think of anybody who would have done better with best it. Best she can. I'll give her that. But I can't imagine anybody else in that role. Yeah. It's probably because it's been forever marred by Lindsay Lohan. It's kind of like when in, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. All right, let's move on. All right. So, um, <laughs> criminally. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So this episode is is a little different. Uh Josh and I will not be talking about a specific film. Uh this one is going to be a little more personal, as strange as that sounds. Uh we are going to it's, you know, uh it's going to be uh s- still a little interviewee of uh, of Josh, but uh but I'm going to be chiming in here and there as well. Uh and we're going to talk about uh, when we first uh, started getting into movies, like what spurred that on, uh, the films that kind of changed the way we look at movies, um, and and uh, that sort of thing. So uh, I assume that it's you know that you as a listener can relate to this, uh, and uh, you as a Christian listener. Uh, I imagine it's uh, might be a, a slightly different kind of story, maybe maybe more negative. Uh, I'm not really sure. So uh, so we'll we'll get started with that. Uh, Josh, yes, Tyler. Back to you. All right. You're living in North Carolina. I am. Well, not now. I was. I'm saying go back in time with me. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm taking a journey through time and space. My um, fist is going to take a journey to your face. Oh, 
Just like the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that. But Josh and I watched Punisher War Zone the other day as, oh, I, uh, as I tweeted. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor. Go out and rent Punisher War Zone. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is the most outrageous death in that film? And you know what? It's like an eight-way tie. <laughs> the answer is all of them. My, my vote, uh, there are... Uh, tangent, everybody, sorry. There are... <laughs> This does not count as one of the movies that uh, no, no, no. influenced the, us in the way we think about how movies. How do we know? You know, I haven't made any true. films since That's watching true. it I, the other day. I have to say my life is changed. Yeah, absolutely. My outlook. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so now what is the name of that uh, of that uh, thing that people do where they jump around a lot on roofs and Parkour. Walls? Parkour? Yes. Okay. Which just seems like a short term for like par for the course. But I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think they'd like that. It doesn't work at all. Um, yeah, and so you've seen it in in such films uh, as uh, Casino Royale. Uh, I'd say most notably, where uh, people just become uh, vaguely monkey like. It's really quite astounding to, <laughs> to see it when it, when it's done well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as Josh has pointed out, uh, producers seem to, and directors seem to think that people are way more interested in it than yeah. than they are. They're like kids love parkour. Let's have some folk doing it. Yeah, and so there's a, there's a scene in Punisher Warzone where these three guys who really enjoy it, one guy jumps from uh, one roof to another uh, in slow motion. Another guy's about to follow him, but is intercepted by a rocket <laughs> shot by the Punisher, and it blows the man up uh, in midair, just, and his pieces go flying. He all just over the explodes. Place. Yeah, it doesn't even e- make sense. Yeah, and so uh, it's. It's funny. I think it's supposed to be funny. I hope so. Um, but it's also really grim. Uh, the idea of a person exploding, like, suddenly not existing in any f- way, shape, or form, like, that's really, that to me has always been very disturbing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it is funny in the moment. So I think that might be the most outrageous death. See, I think my favorite is, before I watched this movie, if you had asked me, do you think you could show in a movie someone punching completely through someone else's face? <laughs> I would have said, no, that's ridiculous. And then I saw Punisher Warzone. I know. And that's exactly what happened. You, that's right. That one is a little... Uh... Pretty kind of ridiculous. And also, uh, another another great part of the film is um, Garfield's owner, John, has a, has a part as, uh, as the expert on the Punisher. He's not actually... <laughs> okay. He's not actually in Garfield. You just said that he looked like he should be in Garfield. But he's not. I don't understand how this man made it into this movie. All right, we should stop okay, talking about right, this movie. Right, right, yeah. I don't want this to turn into something it's ne- was the never your war zone to. hour. Yeah. Uh, I don't recommend the film, by please, the way. Please don't go see this unless... Uh, watch it with know. a group of friends. It was who, kind of fun. Yeah. Don't watch it alone. No, that would be foolish. Because there's nothing fun about soul searching. Uh, because if you watch it alone, you'll be like, what am I doing with my life? But if you watch it with friends, you can make fun of how absolutely ridiculous it is. That's true. Um, all right. North Carolina. Uh, you're starting to get into film. You're yes. starting to become really uh, uh, into it. Uh, what spurred that? Like, uh, what, can you, Do you remember a specific moment in your life... Uh, or a series of moments, or just a time in your life when you, you, your, your expectation, your standard for films is starting to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, wa- walk us through that. How did that happen? Well, I, I like to think that there's, there's sort of, t- uh, there's, there's different levels of people, uh, who, there's different levels of the way people look at movies. It kind of starts out with people who are like, ah, eh, movies, take them or leave them. Yeah. 
and then you've got people who who enjoy them, but they're just they're just like kind of entertainment for them, you know. Eh. Mm-hmm. Then you have people who really love movies, but uh, see them more as just something fun to do. Yeah. And then I think there are people who call themselves cinephiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I would include myself. I'm sure you would as well. Yeah. Who who love film for both its entertainment value and its artistic value. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like there are two that kind of jumped me in there. Well, I feel like one that I have to mention is Star Wars. Okay. Because I saw that as a Which young... Which is to say... Episode four, A New Hope. Yes. Yes. I hate Good that Star I have to do Wars. that now. I know. It's just too many of them now. But um, uh, I, if I think back far enough, and I, I was probably 10 when I first saw that movie, I was relatively young, as every as every young boy should be, um, uh, should see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But that was the first movie that I really loved. Like, I had seen other movies, and uh, that one just... It, the movie's able to capture your imagination in some way, even as a child. That's that. It's just fascinating, and it's uh, the way that it takes you to another place, and and uh, you know has this own mythology, this own its own world. Um, there's something about that that, as a child, is so cool that <laughs> for, for a while you're like, I don't ever want to think about anything else. Yeah, that, Why yeah. am I not in Star Wars? <laughs> Yeah, I uh yeah, I loved Star I was uh I was born in 82. So what's crazy to think is that there was there was ever a world where Star Wars didn't exist. Yeah, you can't even imagine that being possible. Yeah, like but, I if people tell me that they haven't seen Star Wars, I'm like you're kidding, right? That's not yeah. no one hasn't seen Star Wars. I mean, generation after generation uh including I'd say the one before ours, uh they it it changed the way they looked at movies, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it just it seemed like just such a foregone conclusion. It's like, oh well, we this is the world, and Star Wars is a part of it. But <laughs> right. it only came out five years before I was born, which is insane to think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, and I I loved it. I was I was raised with it, and I bought all the action figures. Oh, and, me too. And I just I just loved them. It really it captured it, like you said, it captured the imagination of. Of everybody, really. I mean, I, I don't really know a lot of people who didn't like them. I mean, my parents, you know, who were thirty years older than I than I was, um, they they loved it too. I mean, we had it on VHS and we watched them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, Star Wars just and if you and if you talk to a, a lot of people, they will say that Star who who are uh, pursuing film right now, they will often point to Star Wars as one of the formative uh, films for them. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I, I was uh, go right ahead. No, no, that's 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 fine. Okay. Um, I don't know that I had anything else really specific about that one because, okay. um, although it definitely had an effect on me, it isn't one that I have at the time, at least certainly not at the time, delved into in any kind of artistic or or cinematic sense. I wasn't thinking about it. now. I didn't watch Star Wars and then be like, now what is cinema? Hmm. Right. Uh, I just. That's one that I think that's a good one to start out with because that kind of jumps you over a over a some kind of hurdle of being like, oh, movies are awesome. Mm. <laughs> like when you see Star Wars, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, you can do this with this thing that is film. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, like what are what are the films that you uh, were first off like in your household uh, were movies 
were they okay to watch? Like your parents were okay with them? They enjoyed movies as well? Or was this kind of something that you had to find on your own? My, my parents, uh, we, we enjoyed, they definitely enjoyed movies as well. And mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot as a kid and uh, not, not a whole lot. But uh, but a good deal, and, and and my parents, you know, when I was younger, tried not to let me watch anything that, <laughs> like, RoboCop or anything. Oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. Which is odd, because I had RoboCop action figures. Yeah. I was allowed to have the toys, but I don't know if I really ever there wanted be, to see the there movie. There shouldn't have been toys made for that film. Probably not. Like, I didn't see any of RoboCop until I was in college, and the first time I saw it, I think I felt a little bit physically ill in parts of it. I was like, this is extremely violent. I had no yeah. idea. Um so I'm glad that my parents didn't let me see that. Right. Really, Paul Verhoeven is not for children. Um, I'd say that's about right. That's yeah. probably about right. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, and and um, my parents loved old, old classics. My dad's kind of a movie buff too, mm-hmm. and um, so there were a lot that I, you know, got to watch when I was growing up that were uh, that I grew up loving like the Marx Brothers which mm-hmm. are classic uh To Kill a Mockingbird I remember we watched when I was younger too and uh that one while while I wouldn't say that's one that's necessarily formative in the way that I look at film yeah it's definitely one that I don't know that one has a special place in my heart I I, I think that's a, a fantastic film mm-hmm. um and uh so yeah while while I wasn't I wasn't specifically, uh, there wasn't any struggle there where I was like, hey, mom and dad, I want to go see, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction. And they were like, no, you're not. Um, I I kind of had a sense of what I should be allowed to see and what I should not be allowed to see. Right. And I just kind of stuck with that. And I, I mean, as I as I would probably think is the best approach as I got older, I sort of eased myself into things that were maybe had a little bit more, more content or were a little, little bit more, um, controversial because the older you get, the better you can deal with those sort of things. Obviously right. you're not going to be able to, um, like any, any, any movie that has any kind of sexual tension, you're not going to get when you're 13. Right. Um, maybe it's any kind of sexual tension you could, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the the intricacies of a lot of things you're, you're not going to understand anyway. So even if you're allowed to see any kind of content, you're you're not necessarily going to benefit from it. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're the the more mature you are as a as a person to to deal with what's considered content, the more mature you are mentally to understand the reason for that and whether or not there's a proper justification for that. Um, is there a uh... well? Okay. Well, I guess I'll I'll tell. Uh, my story first um, for those that uh, don't listen to Battleship Pretension where I think I've told this but I don't know actually um, yeah I was raised watching a lot of movies uh, and a lot of good movies um, I watched Star Wars I watched uh, Jaws and of course Jaws is still one of my favorite movies of all time it's a great movie um, like yeah you mentioned like movies that were Good, not just good for children, and then right. you grow out of them. Yeah. In fact, I, if anything, I grew into them. Yeah. Uh, but they're still fun for a kid to watch. Wizard and, of Oz is like that. I mean, it's oh even, yeah, it's even kind of a kid's movie, but there's so much that's great to it that you can enjoy it as a kid and as an adult equally. I'd say. Yeah, and and I would say movies that uh, like we I watched Ghostbusters a lot at the time. Yeah. yeah. And just movies that are kind of adult in 
not necessarily adult in nature, but adults probably will get more out of them than, than kids will. Like, you know, as, as a kid, it's like, hey, they're fighting ghosts. This is great. <laughs> you know, and as an, as an adult, it's like, this is really funny. This is, uh, I, I'm laughing hysterically. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just surrounded by film. And then as I got older uh, and probably in middle school was when it started to change. And, you know, I, I you know, I saw like the Ace Ventura. I saw the, the you know, the, the Dumb and Dumbers and the various Adam Sandler vehicles. And it's just and I found that I didn't find them as hilarious as other people my age. And I don't mean to say that that I was smarter than they were or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I think it was just perhaps having been inundated uh, with film the way I was, um, because my parents loved movies and my dad especially really loved good movies. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so having been exposed to really great movies for lo- for my whole life, uh, I think I just wanted something different from movies and i and i feel like i i feel like i know the movie that that did it as strange as it sounds mm-hmm. because i still i enjoy the movie more now than i did then mm-hmm. uh i think it was billy madison oh wow billy madison uh makes me laugh and mm-hmm. there are st- there's stuff in it that i laugh i point to now and say that's hysterically funny mm-hmm. but i i really thought it was, everyone my age loved it and I thought, yeah, it's kind of funny. And then I, and then I moved on, and everybody else just really seemed to enjoy it. Uh, and then Happy Gilmore, I liked a little bit. Uh, and then like Wedding Singer, I, I hate to point at Sandler movies specifically, but just <laughs> he he got really big uh, at a time when uh, when you know I was twelve, thirteen, and. And so all yeah. my friends, we would just all go see these. I mean, when I we were in our mid-teen years, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. It, was it was Chris Farley movies. It was uh, Jim Carrey. It was uh, Adam Sandler. And I just um, found that I wasn't enjoying them very much. Hmm. And and it just it just wasn't doing it for me. And meanwhile, my you know my parents and I would would uh, and and my brother we would go out and see uh, movies like uh, let's see like Crimson Tide. <laughs> All right, I was like 13 when Crimson Tide came out, and my family went to see it because it seemed like this. And I couldn't, I was not interested in going to see it. And then I saw it, and I thought, "This is great. <laughs> this is really good," you know. And and just so I think I think my my family really had uh, an influence on me. Um, specifically, uh, <laughs> I'd say uh, my my dad and my brother. Not to imply that my mom didn't. She's the for the one who first said, hey, you should watch this movie called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. During this <laughs> scene, shut your ears, and then just listen to the rest. Um, but the uh, I, but I remember my brother, who was kind of rebellious, and uh, decided he wanted to bring me in on his rebellion, and I thought, yes, absolutely, I want to be a part of this. He wore like, like, like a leather jacket, he had long hair. Right, and he, uh, he always, yeah, and he like, you know, always had a comb with him and a switchblade. Yeah. You know, popping he, it out and then combing his hair. Right, he would get in like uh, car ra- races and stuff, like yeah. drag racing, driving off into the sunset. Right, right, his and hog. Uh, man, and I remember one time my mom said, "Matt, what are you rebelling against?" And he says, "What do you got?" 
Anyway, so he was a wild one, my brother. Oh, uh, see, oh there the name, it is. The name there of that movie. Is. Never seen it, actually. But, uh, I've seen it. Well, all right then. Bully for you. Bully for me. Indeed, That's I what love. Theodore Roosevelt would have said. He sure would have. He loved the wild one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was his favorite film in later years. Yeah. Uh, and so... I have now. I've lost my train of thought. He was a wacky guy. Sorry, you were saying your brother was rebellious, oh, yes. and I detained you. And so, you. for example, uh, <laughs> I went to see a movie with my brother called Seven. Oh, in the theater! Wow. So that means I was thirteen. Really? Was is that movie that old? Ninety-five. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Now, of course, we told my mom. Like we always picked movies that were way too like. My mom must have known that something was amiss because, I, like, I, I don't want to see Richie Rich. Like, even at the time, I didn't want to see Richie. You know, I saw Richie Rich in the theater with my dad, and I remember that when we were going in, I think it was either Pulp Fiction or maybe it was Natural Born Killers. Yeah, was happening that same time. It was in the theater, and my dad jokingly went, "Hey, let's go see Natural Born Killers." And and now I feel like. And that's a it's a better movie than Richie Rich, but yeah, yeah, it, it might not have been Richie Rich specifically, but there are a few movies that it's just like, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be seeing this. But I went and saw it, and it really, you know, like Seven, and and there are other ones. There's one called Lord of Illusions, which is not that good of a movie, but just movies that were that were for older people than than me. And uh, but I really responded to them, and it just it just got me thinking and feeling. Where whereas the movies that were geared towards people my age were not about mm. getting me thinking and feeling. They're about getting me laughing, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But the the laughs were fairly empty for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... It just wasn't doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember how I went about finding better movies. Um, I, I can point to one thing specifically where... Uh, my dad had a book called Entertainment Weekly's Guide to the Best Movies of All Time. Oh, we had a Leonard it, Malton book that had oh, yeah. all the movies. I remember I used to look through that a lot. Yeah, we had one of those. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the Entertainment Weekly book like broke it up by genre. Mm. And so I found like, oh, okay, well, here's Thriller. Let's see what's what's in here. And uh, and so it was that. But also my mom had a, a, a VHS tape called Oscar's Greatest Moments from 1970 to 1990. <laughs> And uh, and basically it went through and you saw like neat speeches, but you would also see clips from certain films. And I remember thinking like, OK, well, I guess, you know, these are movies that won Best Picture. Uh, and I guess I, I'll start with that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I watched like Patton and um, 70. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, French Connection 71, which I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like at the time, but I, I uh, but I love it now. Um and it just uh so i just decided i guess that's that's kind of the the use of the oscars as cynical as i am sometimes more so on my other show than this one uh they do serve a purpose where it's just kind of they can be kind of arbitrary but it's just like all right well these movies are apparently good i will start with them yeah and then at the very least it gets you looking at uh, it gets you watching movies that you that are at least good. Yeah. And there's something there for you. And even if they're not the absolute, you know, if, if they're not the absolute best movie of that year or something, it's kind of a, it is a, kind of a starting point for like some sort of a touchstone for people. You can be like, well, okay, this is something to look towards. And then 
I don't know. That sort of gets you into another realm of movies. Yeah. Maybe. Try not to gesture with the hand that's that's holding the mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. I'm sure people really funny. liked that. Um, so, no, don't don't get it right into your, don't get it right into funny. your mouth. It's okay. It's not inside my mouth. What? But it's touching my nose. It is. Does that bother you? Yes, it does. I, I use know. that mic. You're using that mic. I know, but that's the All mic right. I use when I record Battleship Pretension. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Go on. Anyway, I want so, you to be happy. Thank you. So the uh, so that's kind of how it got started for me. Is just my parents helped me out when I start. You know, they'd recommend this or that. But Oscar's Greatest Moments, and then that Entertainment Weekly book, and it was just, you know, and I just remember, and we'll get to you in a minute, Josh. All right, we can. And what's fascinating to me is, to this day, I don't think, I don't think I've ever loved movies, and been as hungry for movies as I was then. Mm. Even since now, mm. you know, everything is very academic. I can still love, uh, watch, love, and be moved by a film. Right. But you know, at the time, it was just everything was so new and so amazing, and I just like, what is this movie? Oh my gosh, what is this movie? Mm-hmm. And it's just like every time I went to the video store, something new and something, just yeah. like okay, well, what's? And then you know, the day came when I said, all right, I love The Godfather, mm-hmm. but this Entertainment Weekly book says that this movie, Citizen Kane, is better. <laughs> so all right, let's oh. see how this goes. And then I watched it. And it, you know, it's my favorite movie of all time now, and it's really just uh, a legacy was born, I guess. Uh, but before that, I, I had watched Maltese Falcon, I, and that one I picked up completely on my own. I have no idea how I found that one. Mm. I just saw it; it looked interesting to me. The cover just had Humphrey Bogart with a statue of a black bird. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know what that means, but here we go. <laughs> and then the Doctor, and then I found Doctor Strangelove. I didn't know anything about what that was uh, going to be about. Really. Yeah, and I loved it and thought it was hysterical, and then I was stupid enough to recommend it to my other 14-year-old friends, and they didn't care for it. (laughs) They didn't laugh uh, very much. And again, I don't mean to sound like I'm condescending to my friends. Mm. Um, Not everybody was brought up the way I was, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, So I've been talking a a lot about like how how I first got into film and... uh, into like really loving film. Was there anything like that? Like, was there for you? Like, just uh, tell us your story. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I mentioned Star Wars first because I think that's the first one that I just liked movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of have a theory, and I don't. I probably didn't come up with this. But some some people talk about sort of having a conversion experience mm-hmm. in a in movies. And um, a lot of people can actually point to a specific movie. Like, that's the movie that I saw, and then I thought about movies differently for the rest of my life. Like, that's when I... That got me into loving film, loving cinema as as art. Um, and uh, so I feel like the one for me is is Fargo, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic film if you haven't... If you haven't seen it, um, I saw it on TV the first time that I saw it, <laughs> which heavily edited, I should add. Um, it's still great on TV. I, mean, yeah. I don't think it's any less great. Um, but uh, but that is a that's a thing to remember when you when you rent the movie with a bunch of your high school friends. Yeah, as I did. Um, I'm fascinated just in general. Like, there are certain <laughs> films where I find myself wondering because they 
they'll be shown on TV. Yeah. And they're so edited. Big Lebowski. You know, Big Lebowski, another yeah. Cohen brothers. Like, I've seen it on television. I'm just like, I, I want to go to the executive and say, like, when you saw this movie, what made you think this was okay? <laughs> like, how did you not watch this movie and think, oh, well, that can't be shown on TV? Yeah. Because everything about it is R-rated. Yeah. Everything, everything great about it is R-rated. <laughs> so we'll just eliminate that, and then we can show it. It'll retain the same power, right? It won't. Well, we'll show it anyway. It's really fascinating. Yeah. But um, there was something about that film and the the topic and the characters almost should be so uninteresting. Mm -hmm. You know, Marge Gunderson is a cop who's going to have a baby trying to find some people. Yeah, like that could be a re- super boring reality show, but uh, <laughs> probably is somewhere. Yeah. But just the, the way that she plays that character and the way that that character is written that makes her such a uh, such a fascinating, quirky, fun, lovable character. You just want to see everything she does. Yeah, like upon repeat viewings of it, especially the the first scenes where she's she's there with her husband. Um, he gets up to make her eggs. She can't get the the car started. Yeah. Norm Prowler needs a jump. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff is. Uh, she's just a joy to watch. Yeah, and um, and and what it has to say about bigger issues did something for me too. And how, without saying it either, is what's amazing. Yeah, without it's it's not being like here's good and here's evil. What's going to happen with them? Who's yeah. going to win? Or something yeah. like that. It's just, there's a very clear representation of good and evil, and a, and a very clear contrast and very clear clash between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And the way it plays out is not what you would expect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's really great. And... So you mentioned seeing it with your high school friends. How did they react? <laughs> I don't think they enjoyed it as much as I did. I had seen it on TV, and I had been like, "I love this," and and you know, it's it's a very funny movie as well as yeah. being, uh, you know, artistically solid and um, hilarious and uh, uh, and uh, good. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the other word I was thinking of. It's funny as well as good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, we rented it, and and it was funny. Uh, but I think we were all a little bit shocked that there was as much language in it as there was. Yeah. Um, cause obviously I didn't know I'd seen it on TV. And, um, so then of course I felt, I felt bad that I'd brought this to all my friends and been like, Hey, and this is great. And they were all like, yeah, it, it, it is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> if my dad comes upstairs, we have to turn this movie off. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, I think that was one that, and, and I loved acting at the time. I did I did Shakespeare in high school and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was I was really into into acting. But that that movie kind of opened up for me what what film is and what it can be, and kind of opened the idea up for me that that's something that I want to do. Um, and I guess for me, that's more that that's. That's more than just loving film. I think I feel like it did that in a lot of ways for me too. But um, in in loving film in that way has has made me want to to uh, to make film. And then 
in the pursuit of making film, I've made it a point to watch more, learn more, um, study what uh, what are the important movements in film as an art form, mm-hmm. why those are important, um, whether I personally think that's valid or not, and what are the reasons for that. Uh, you know, the historical context and it's, it's a whole. It's a whole discipline, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And since then, there have been other ones that I would say uh, molded my idea. Such as what? Such as... I have uh, to assume you got about, what, three more? I got two more. Two more? So, oh, so we got Star Wars. We got Star Wars Fargo. and Fargo. Okay, what, what else we, we got? We got two more. Um, when, I was in, when I was at the Los Angeles Film Study Center, we... Uh, we had access to their film library, which, which wasn't gigantic, but it was, it was very big and there was enough that there were several things that I hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. So I would go into the office, I would pick up as many as I could. I'd come back with them and I'd watch all of them. Um, and during that time, I, not knowing what I was in for, (laughs) I picked up from there and watched a little movie called persona. Yep. Um, it's an Ingmar Bergman film for anyone who doesn't know that. Uh, Ingmar Bergman is one of my, my favorite filmmakers, uh, is a Swedish. And why wouldn't he be as the... a Christian? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All that, uh, yeah. Upbeat, hopeful, uh, yeah. hopeful salvation message in those movies. Um, we're being sarcastic for those, for those that don't know his, his films are, uh, uh, rather bleak. Rather bleak is the exact, those are the. The two exact words I was going to use, and and uh, he he raises a lot of questions about religion, and part of it is because of the way that he was was raised, which I think is another part of the historical context that's interesting to to, to research when you're studying films. But his father was a Lutheran pastor mm. who was uh, very very strict and very straight laced, and who apparently used to lock him in the closet when he when he misbehaved. Oh, so. <laughs> Created this man full of uh, of neurosis yeah. and uh, questions about life. Uh, Bergman kind of suggests that he thinks a lot of his uh, his bleak attitude comes simply from being from Sweden, which <laughs> makes me feel bad for everyone in Sweden. That Sweden's most famous filmmaker as well says, "Well, I'm depressed because I live here." <laughs> um, but anyway, when when I saw that film. I did not understand it, mm-hmm. but seeing it, I realized this man is a genius and is doing something with this medium that is beyond even what I can understand. Um, yeah, and upon first viewing, especially for people who don't, well, definitely for people who don't know Bergman, but even for people who uh, aren't, that watch more movies that are traditional um this movie rocks your world because it's so it's so different it's so striking uh which i think was one of one of bergman's biggest uh biggest strengths he he has an autobiography called images and i think part of that is because uh, he he knew how to manipulate and to work with the image of film Mm -hmm. and um so many of his films have so many things that are just so visually stunning and striking um, and done for good reason, too. But uh, Persona, even, even, it goes beyond what 
what movies generally even do and that it, people have written about it that it, it it almost sets up itself as a a new reality it's like once you're inside the movie the rules of everything have changed you are now playing by the rules of this movie this movie dictates uh what people act what is right and what is wrong it's 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 like in creating a film he has created a whole new world which i think is one of the things that great film should try and do. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's one of the things that I love about it. Uh, and, and he, he's not afraid to deal with huge questions. And persona is about like what makes a person a person. Um, oh, it's yeah. kind of like that. Uh, um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but I don't think you have a uh, wings of desire. Right. The the prologue to Wings of Desire says is a narration that says why am I me and not you, yeah. Which uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people will be like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> Aren't you in the room here? Look at me. I'm me and you're you. That's obvious. But uh, one of the things the persona is doing is 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 uh, is delving into what what personality is, what makes a person a specific person, and and part of that he's Bergman has said is is that. The re- one of the things he came up, th- one of the things that made him come up initially with the film, is that he noticed that two of his actresses that he worked with a lot, uh, Liv Ullman and um, Harriet Anderson, I think, it might have been BB Anderson. I'm, it's, I should know that. It's in this book here. I got a book here. Oh yes, let's listen to him, uh, Josh flip <laughs> through the book. <laughs> I got some pages. I should know this though. There's no reason that I shouldn't know who's who. In this film, Liv, Old, Liv Oldman and B.B. Anderson. It's B.B. Anderson, not B.B. Anderson, okay. Um, so uh, he noticed that the two of them looked very much alike. Mm-hmm. And I think for him that that spurred this idea of, well, like, why, in a philosophical sense, what makes them two different people? What is that? And that's one of the things the film explores, like, the the difference between the two people, but... At the same time, the similarities between... There's so many layers to it uh, that I, I honestly, even now, as many times as I've seen it, I don't fully get all of it. Um, but it is it is an amazing, amazingly striking and fantastic film. I will use that uh, opportunity to, uh, <clears throat> to expound on something. That uh, when I was 16... Uh, I was in a, an English class in which we read uh, Catcher in the Rye, which is a wonderful book. Uh, have you read it? I have, yes. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and it's interesting because when we finished the book, uh, our teacher gave us uh, these little sheets that we had to fill out. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like a questionnaire about the book, but it wasn't, it's not a test. It was literally just about our rea- our personal reaction to it, <laughs> and one of the th- and there was one that was like multiple choice, you know, uh, in which you know just a basic what did you think of the book, uh, and then you know there was like it, didn't like it, kind of like it, and then there was one option that really intrigued me so much so that you know all these years later uh, I still talk about it. The option was. I know there's something going on here. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I do like it. Yeah. And 
the idea that that was an option mm-hmm. when reading a book or really any kind of any kind of uh, uh, art form mm-hmm. where something about this you're not sure what it is trying to say and at the time catcher in the rye i didn't know what it was trying to say even now i'm still kind of it's just and i was kind of that way with with fargo when i saw that to mm. to bring that one up and yeah. where it's just something something uh, sorry sorry to interrupt you okay. but something hits you at the end of fargo when she says uh the lines that she says to to marcus Anderson says to peter stormare yeah um, can I? I don't want to give it away, or is that something that I can't say? Or am I going to ruin? Ah, go ahead. People? It's it's uh, a what? How many? Thirteen years old now. Uh, That's fine. It doesn't ruin ruin the movie really. She, yeah. If you want to cover your ears for a minute or so, you can. But uh, she says to Peter Stormare, who's who's a, a, a criminal, um, like you you, you did he did all of that for for what for a little money yeah. and then she says and it's a beautiful day outside yeah. and here you are and it's a beautiful day <laughs> it's just yeah and uh, it's just like and that's what i like that's it's what i like about it and it's, it's what it's what fascinated me about it it's what mm-hmm. fascinated me about catching the rye and and some of the film some of my favorite films including citizen kane i still don't totally know what it's about yeah it's about a lot of things and I don't feel like I've identified all of them yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on it, but an understanding of it, or a, a lack of total understanding, did not keep me from really responding to it and really liking it. Mm-hmm. And that that little section of the questionnaire for Catcher in the Rye sort of changed the way I thought about art in general. The mm-hmm. idea that you have the option of loving something even though you don't necessarily get it. Yeah, and that was surprisingly freeing to me yeah and i i, I kind of wish that some of uh some of my my friends or just just some people that i know i wish that they'd had that experience early in their lives the idea that someone is giving you permission to like something even if you can't say why yeah um and and i do believe that that you know you should that you should try and figure out why mm-hmm. and you should try to be able to uh explain to somebody what you like about it mm-hmm. but sometimes there's just a movie that's like there is something about this i can't put my finger on it but this is exhilarating yeah and and it sounds like that's kind of what persona was for you that you just it's like this is this is unlike anything i've ever seen mm. and i don't really know what's going on but this is uh, i can't I, I can't get this out of my head yeah i mean i i when i turned that movie off I said to myself, I have to read everything that this man has written about this movie. Yeah. Because it was even to the point where I was like, I don't even want to hear other people's reviews on it, like what they said. I want to hear yeah. what he has to say because there's something in it that's amazing, and and I want to get at that. Um, Oddly yeah. enough, my, I, my views have always, almost always been the opposite. Um, in what sense? If there's a film that I see that I really love, I almost don't want to get the director's thoughts on oh, it. Oh, really? <laughs> I want to, like, it's not his anymore, as strange as that sounds. Kubrick's with you on that one. Is he? Yeah, he 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 says, like, it doesn't matter what I think about it, what do you think about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Said. it's, I mean, at the same time, it's just, I, I don't want to make it solely about the viewer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to know what the filmmaker's trying to say, but you've only got, but... I like the idea that the only it's I don't know maybe it's a p- kind of a purist argument where it's just <laughs> I like the idea that it's just the only hints you're given are the movies that he's made. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and sometimes your best hint about what one movie is about might be what a different movie that he also made is about. Yeah, and I, I kind of found out in that too that there's a lot of a lot of good filmmakers don't necessarily well that they're not that they don't just go and 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 tell you well this is what this movie was supposed to mean right. I did this part so that it would represent that like I read this this book images where he talks about persona he doesn't talk so much about like what it all meant he talks about like where he got some of the ideas, what were influences for him. He talks a lot about like kind of his state of mind um, because he's, he's an extremely personal filmmaker and very introspective. But uh, but th- there's very little that kind of answers all the questions for you, which yeah. is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, that's something I learned through that as well. And he also seems like a filmmaker who may not actually know exactly what he's trying to do. He only yeah. knows he's got this story inside of him, he's got something he wants to explore, but he doesn't necessarily have... A definite answer. Yeah, several of his films he said were explorations of a certain idea. He yeah. made. He says he made the Seventh Seal so that he wouldn't be as afraid of death anymore. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> Just to tell you what kind of cheery movie that is. But I mean that that's interesting. That idea that you would you would be like, I don't understand death. I'm terrified of it. Let's make a movie about it. Yeah. That. I mean, that's bold if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that some of the best movies ever made are ones in which the the filmmaker doesn't quite know what he's gotten himself in for, but he continues anyway because mm-hmm. he has to do it. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll uh, we'll go with... Uh, so you got one movie left. I got one that left. That was very formative. We'll talk about that. We're going to take another little break after that, and then we will ha- have kind of a, a wrap-up discussion about being a film lover in the Christian community okay. uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, so your last, your last film, what do you got for me? The, the wow last... me, Josh Long. I will. Star of Duel. Star of Duel. D-U-E-L. That's right. Just for those of you who are... I'm sure you're madly Googling that right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't want you to be confused. It's Duel 3D. Yeah. You should start pronouncing it that way. Duel. Duel. I was in Duel. Duel 3D. Uh, turned. Is that your German accent from Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hope not. Um, all right. The, the last movie that I had... and. Maybe it's a little bit of a misnomer because I don't know that I would say this one was formative for me necessarily, but uh, is really the whole Three Colors trilogy, but specifically Mm -hmm. Red, um, the Krzysztof Kieślowski trilogy. Um, I discovered Kieślowski in uh, in college because he made a series of one-hour films called The Decalogue, I'm sure you know about, that are... uh, uh, each one of them based or kind of extemporizing upon one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and uh, the first one that I saw really I really moved me, and I felt it was, was took a topic, dealt with it in a powerful, but it, it's a great Christian film, really, without hmm. being Christian. Yeah. Um, uh, I, th- I think the Kieślowski and the, the writer, whose, whose name I, I escapes me at the moment, but uh, I think both of them maybe were a little bit anti-church, a yeah. little bit in uh, Catholic Poland, or Catholic, sort of Catholic, I don't know, okay. or communists too. So I don't know if you can have communist and Catholic at the same time working in concert. Maybe you can. I don't know maybe neither world. of them are very strong in their convictions. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that led me to finding the, the Three Colors trilogy, and... 
it's the same sort of deal where each the films are blue, white, and red, and each of them is supposed to to they're taking it off of the French tricolor, uh, the French flag, which stands for um, liberty, equality, and fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're French, liberté, fraternité, and equalité. It's almost exactly the same. I'm just I'm just saying they copied us. Oh, is that how that worked? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Not at all. Not at all. I don't think we have any oh, French listeners, but... Uh, man, Charlemagne well, we would certainly... be so mad at me right now. <laughs> Good thing he's not here. All right, you were that saying... That would be a drag, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, imagine. He wouldn't want to talk about movies at all. No. Probably not. He'd be jumping out of the way of that train. He'd be like, what is... <laughs> oh, that's a film nerd joke. It sure is. Um, and I'm not going to explain it. That's, that's fine. Up to, that's up to you, everybody. Go research, America. Also, is that story true? Is it not? I uh, uh, that's up to you to find someone's out. Someone's got to find out. So, Anyway, um, so Charlemagne, that's not where we were. So the French tricolor, right. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing where he takes an idea and makes a film that explores that idea in a both a full but simple and very human way um is that too much no it's fine <laughs> okay that's fine <laughs> um so because they're i say simple because they're not grand and over the top they're not like liberty means this and liberty means that right it's just uh a lot of it he's kind of taking it and looking at it in a different way like well, what does it mean to have liberty from from something or from another person even and in in blue which is the one that talks about liberty it's kind of uh it's kind of like how does that fit in in interpersonal relationships what does what does liberty mean do we want to be completely autonomous from other people mm. um i won't tell you what the film says ah. you'll have to go out and see it yourself but uh but red is the film that that ties up the trilogy and um I I think really what I love about that one is it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can say much much more about it than that. It's just the way that it plays out and the way it completes itself. The, the reason that I include this one is because when I was watching that movie, sitting alone by myself, at the last moment of the movie, I stood up. I was so like... <laughs> I was so like amazed by what what the way that it ends. I... I I had I had a physical reaction which was just standing up and was like, "Oh my goodness." Uh, I wish I could say this. I wish I could say the words that this movie is saying, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant series of films. Red is actually the only one of the 3 that I've seen. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you've got to see the other two. Cause, I know. Because uh, do you know why the ending makes sense? I'm, yeah. I'm good enough. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah I was, it was explained to me, yes. That's so much worse than I was explained it to you. I know. I'm sorry. Somehow I feel like if I watch... It's been so long that like I, I'm going to watch all three. That's uh, a good call. Again, not just watch the other two and be like, I get it. Yeah. I, I do recommend to anyone who wants to watch them to watch them all close together because there are a lot of, a lot of things that tie them together. And one of the things that that I think Kieślowski as a filmmaker was very interested in was um, almost the idea of serendipity that, that kind of things are, are happening around us that are important to us and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it so much so that in red, there are parts where he'll, he'll film 
he'll film a scene uh, where something's taking place in the background or, or like a location is in the background that right. has been used for a different scene with different characters other elsewhere in the film. And, and it, it doesn't, it's not like a, like a, I'm trying to think of another movie that does that kind of in an obvious way. Like, Oh, that's going to be the place where they're meet. It would it'd be very subtle that if you didn't, weren't paying attention to it, you right. might not even notice. Right. Um, uh, the, there's this idea of kind of an interconnectivity, which is definitely there in Decalogue as well. But he, he, he points out a lot in, uh, in the three col- three colors trilogy. All right. Um, well, I think we're we're going to take another break, and then we will uh, come back just to, to kind of wrap up uh, and to discuss. Uh, yeah, what it was like because uh, you and I were both uh, raised in the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived uh, several places, um, so I got exposure to a lot of different Christian attitudes towards film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, being a film. A film person, a film buff, a cinephile. As film Josh geek. Said. What was that? Film geek. Film geek, if you will. Yes. Um, you know, in uh, in the Christian community. So uh, we will be right back. Back again, might be. What are you doing? I'm just. I'm. I, this is my rap mic pose. Well, uh, it's, uh, it might not work for as far as uh, registering your voice. How's this? Okay, that's. Is fine. that working? That's fine. I don't want to hold it like that. Anyway. Thank you. I hate rap music. I know you do. I know you do. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. That's a personal preference. I don't like country either. Really? No. You're from. Wait. Oh, you do like country. No, I don't. You don't? No. But you're from North Carolina. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Come on. You seem like the type that would enjoy, uh, I don't know, Alan Jackson. I don't even know who that is. He's a country artist that I hate. Oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah, I like uh, like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, and Roy Orbison. Yeah. That's about as far as I go. That's fine. Um, all right. But enough of our music preferences. That's not what this who is Who cares about that? We yeah. don't know anything about yeah. that. It's all DC talk for me. Movies, that's different. Um, (laughs) I shudder to think. Uh, What would people think if uh, they labeled me a Jesus freak or whatever it's called? Um, All right. So so as as mentioned, uh, Josh and I were both raised uh, in the church. And, you know, as I got an email from a listener recently uh, in which he uh, talked about living in Mississippi and uh, living, uh, you know, being kind of part of a Christian community, and uh, and they're not uh, the most, not the most welcoming, not not welcoming. They're just not the most understanding uh, of of people uh, in regards to film, and not to and not to imply, of course, that everybody from Mississippi is that way, uh, but I'm, you know, that's just. Uh, that's just where he's where he's from, and uh, and so I wanted to to kind of explore that uh, what it is like to you know be a, a young a young person growing up in that, 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know ha- hearing uh, responses to it uh, from adults uh, and that sort of thing. So, um, so in the in the in the church uh, body that you were a part of, um, how did people respond to to your likes and dislikes when it came to film, or the very the very fact that you liked film at all? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I never well, I never in my church at least encountered any kind of uh any kind of uh, uh what's the word oppression like? yeah oppression that's a little too dramatic but uh sure let's be dramatic yeah i never was burned at the stake for watching there you go magnolia but uh um <sighs> i think it was more of a sense that I didn't I didn't talk with a lot of the people at my church about movies so much. Yeah. Um because uh, I I recognize that there are a lot of people who not bad people at all who yeah. won't see a movie because it's rated R. Yeah. And um I I want to respect that some people have that uh that that's their modus operandi even though I don't think that that's necessarily right right i think you're like that's definitely not right aren't you uh, yeah yeah I, no i i think i i mean i think i'm with you on that i i think to to throw out a movie simply because of its rating is is not wise yeah. and it's, i mean if you were uh you catch her in the rye you'd throw that one out because of its rating there's yeah. you know. or burn it perhaps <laughs> <laughs> i can think of a few people who might huh. um Probably Nazis. They like to burn books. Uh, they like so few things. Just give them I that. Know, I know, yeah. <laughs> they like a good bonfire. <laughs> just, they're just trying to keep warm. It's cold in Germany. It you is. saw Gladiator. <laughs> I did. But we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> but anyway, way off topic now. What? Uh, I think I was just saying that the, the people that within that are Christians that I know that have a problem with with uh, content in film. I haven't had really had clashes with those people or have never been in situations where they would keep me from seeing a movie. You know, I've never, like, went to see a movie and there were people protesting out front or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there are people, people in my... In my at school, definitely, because Brian's almost like a church, you know? It's, mm. it's a Christian school. We go to chapel regularly it's it's kind of it is a christian body which is kind of a church in a sense mm. um and there were people there that that would be you know uh would not be okay with with content in movies of course those people weren't my friends right right and not because i didn't like them but because that that's a big difference you know that that's it's hard to be a friend with somebody who has a totally different view on the thing that you're following as your profession, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um I, don't know, I feel like I have no practical uh experiences from that necessarily or mm. I'm trying to think if I have advice about that. Yeah, uh, most of my advice can be thrown out the window before even heard, so I I can vouch for that. Mm. I uh I, I've just stopped asking. I basically like if I have a problem, I'm just like, look, just listen and let me get there. All right, <laughs> yeah, I just I need somebody to nod. Um, but the 
yeah, I, I myself, and that's you know, that's the thing is that I myself have not run across that much mm-hmm. um, as as far as uh, in direct relation to me. Um, I had a youth pastor when I lived in Denver who, uh, if it was rated R, he didn't see it, mm-hmm. and that made didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time. I understand it made sense to me in the in the sense that oh okay well I uh, I understand why he would think that yeah um, you know because our rating means things that we Christians don't like you know that we don't enjoy or mm-hmm. like to do yeah. or condone. Um, I did not partake in it, but uh, but it was you know it was notable that. Uh, he was the youth pastor and you know there was a uh there was a night uh where uh, a bunch of people it was actually when i was visiting denver after i had left uh but i was still in high school and so i was visiting old friends and uh and we were hanging out at somebody's house and there was really just a, a handful of people there um and we were going to watch a movie and so uh by this time, everyone's like, "Hey, Tyler, you you know good movies," but they didn't. Ha- I don't think they actually believed that. Um, but they knew that <laughs> they're I had like, strong- "Hey, Tyler, you think you know good movies, right?" It's just, hey, Tyler, you have strong opinions about movies, and we don't want to hear you complain. So why don't you pick the movie? So I went and picked a movie that I that I had seen called The Imposters with Stanley Tucci and mm. Oliver Platt, Oliver Platt yeah. which is a very which is a funny, fun, goofy movie um, that I that I felt like okay, well, I know my my friends will get behind this and they'll really enjoy it. Um, but, uh, the guy whose house we were watching it, uh, where we were watching it, he was, uh, one of the youth sponsors, uh, of, of the group and, uh, and the imposters is rated R because I think it had, for a lot of me, I don't remember why. Uh, I think it's probably more PG 13, but for some reason or another it was rated R. Um, it had certain farcical elements, but like not any real nudity, but I think a lot of implied stuff. And, um, and, uh, not that we ever even got to put it, put the, the movie in the VHS, uh, <laughs> or the VCR, uh, because the guy, you know, uh, we brought it home and, uh, he looked at the rating and said, nope. Mm. And, uh, we just wound up watching TV that night. And, mm. and I remember taking it as kind of a personal affront in that instance, because yeah. it's just like, man, first off, I'm in from out of town. All right. Let me have fun with my friends. I understand this is your home and all that. Uh, and that's, you know, but also it's just like, look, man, I've seen this movie. I can personally vouch for the fact that there's nothing offensive in this, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, to to some people, and, and I do disagree pretty wholeheartedly with uh, this view, but to some people, you know, if it's if it's rated R, then there can't be anything good in it. Yeah. Or if there is, it's not worth wading through the crap. Yeah. And uh, and in my life, I've found that to be not true even a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I feel that, uh, you know, uh, you are missing out a lot. Yeah. And you are missing some of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Not to mention, there are, there are a lot of movies that are PG-13 that extol all kinds of terrible virtues, but... You would never know because if you only use the rating as yeah. your guide, then that's a terrible guide. Yeah, it's and by no means the uh, the 
tool by which you can decide whether a movie is appropriate or not. You can have a completely right. inappropriate PG movie. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, um, The Golden Compass is a family film mm-hmm. that uh, that you know extols the virtues of atheism. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was meant to do. The book, anyway. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. But hey, it's PG, so uh, must who cares? be okay. Must be fine. Let's take the kids and check out. Yeah. And so, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so. Um, so I didn't, you know, I myself, aside from stuff like that, but nobody ever said, you're wrong for doing this, but mm-hmm. the their attitude towards it made it clear that he didn't approve of the movie that I had selected and probably didn't approve of, and by extension, didn't approve of the movies I was watching. Yeah. Um, and then I, I went to, a, oddly enough, the church that I went to in Nixon, Missouri, which is southern Missouri, very, you know, very southern. And, and what you would expect from the South, you know, a, a southern Christian community is, oh, movies are bad. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't watch them. Uh, that actually was the most supportive community that I, that I was ever a part of, hmm. um, except maybe for the one that I'm a part of now, which is in Los Angeles and a lot of people there are in the film industry. So it's, Nobody's it's, supportive. It's to be expected. <laughs> well, right, yeah. Everyone's just competitive. Um, and so, so uh, but the, the one in Missouri is... is has been the most supportive uh, one that I that I was uh, a part of, and it was really it was really something, and it's it kind of shattered certain expectations of mine. That's cool. uh, I did go to a, a church in Chicago where uh, <laughs> it was a it was a Southern Baptist church, and um, and uh, I was getting a shuttle ride home after church one night, and uh, it was me and uh, this older woman. And uh, the assistant pastor, whom I had had lunch with a few times, and he's a real nice guy, and certainly did not uh, have the same opinions about film I did, but was mm-hmm. not a jerk about it. Uh, mm. Certainly didn't condemn me or anything for it. Uh, but anyway, so we were driving along, and I had just gotten back from uh, I just gotten back from uh, a summer in in Missouri, and uh, is that what it was? <laughs> is that a movie? What? <laughs> yes, indeed. It's my favorite Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> for which she will be nominated for an Oscar for a pandering claptrap. Anyway, um, so uh, I might be getting it confused with another mm. film. Anyway, mm. so Some opinionated, yeah, opinionation there, opinionation, opinionation. How is, that, how is that not a movie or a book? That's a pretty good. Yeah, I, we I gotta write it. that. I call it. That's mine. You, sure. you can, you can, you can be a part of it, but nobody else can. All right, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Forward by Tyler Smith. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, so I had just seen, as I mentioned before, I just uh, I had just seen Lawrence of Arabia on the big screen. It was uh, a just amazing. saw that a few weeks ago yeah. on the big screen. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, and I was talking, and he said, you know, oh, so what is it? You know, uh, is it good to be back? And I was like, oh yeah, it's really great because uh, you know I've. Springfield, Missouri certainly doesn't have anything like this. I, I went. I just went and saw Lawrence of Arabia. It was my first time seeing it on the big screen. It was really amazing. So he and I were making small talk. And then, of course, this woman goes, we're not supposed to be watching movies. <laughs> what? Uh, not watching movies at all. She was She was older, so she's from a different generation. Okay. Uh, that's, she was from the same generation as my grandparents, who incidentally were completely supportive their whole lives. Um, <laughs> so I guess generation is not an excuse. Uh, but... <laughs> So she goes, we're not supposed to be watching movies. And I really wasn't in the mood to hear what this one, this, what this angry woman had to say. I mean, think of how ridiculous it would sound if someone were to say, like, oh, we're not supposed to be reading books. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, like, what? Why is? Why should there be a difference? It's not like movies are an inherently bad art form. Celluloid, I guess, is just. That's what it is. It's the actual film. It's that's the where, devil's medium. It's where sin comes from. <laughs> uh, it started with Fatty Arbuckle, who actually was not guilty of what he was. No, anyway, poor guy. Um, but uh, so I was in no mood to hear what this woman had to say. Um, and I, so she goes, we're not supposed to be watching movies. And I'm like, oh, I'm making them. <laughs> and she goes, what? Like she's really, she got really mad. And I go, and, uh, and that's when the uh, assistant pastor decided to intervene. And he goes, he goes, oh, and, and he tried to show her that he doesn't have a problem with it. So he, she shouldn't either. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah. He's at Columbia. He's, uh, learning how to make film and, you know, just like being really nice to show her. <laughs> Tone it down, lady. <laughs> um, but uh, but her just her snapping without. I mean, she we, she and I had never met before, um, <laughs> and we're you know generations apart. Oh. And she uh, had like a targeting system in her head, and she was like, "Movies, right, no, yeah. zoom in." And so, and so it just uh, so that's really kind of the only the only direct attack I ever had, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think, you know what, I think I had just gotten back, in, yeah, I had just gotten back into Chicago, my father had just passed away, and I was just in a bad mood, yeah. and uh, and I wasn't, I just... Not having it. Not ha- no, I'm not having it. That's fine. And so, uh, but but that's the thing is, this guy, his name is Carl, he was a real nice guy, and, and he and I didn't agree on movies, but he came to my defense, mm-hmm. uh, and so, uh, so I, I appreciated that as well. Yeah. And so... Um, so I guess there's really so I'm not sure if I can if I can give any any advice except to say, you know, you're you're if, if you are in this position where you're part of a community and the Christians don't seem to really understand, um, you know, you I guess you could try to make them understand. You could you know recommend a movie that you know uh, will not offend them but is good and mm-hmm. try to ease them into it. Yeah. There have been there have been I, I did know in Missouri uh in other churches I know people who did not watch rated R movies and uh and I kind of I guess I influenced them away from it uh you know because there's certain you'll find that there are certain movies that everybody sees regardless mm-hmm. and so this friend you know he had seen Saving Private Ryan it's like well why did you see that well because it's World War II it's like oh okay so because you are philosophically on board with it and you recognize the necessity for violence because Mm -hmm. it's a war film so basically what you're saying is there are certain circumstances under which it is acceptable to see these things yeah what was uh what was united 93 rated is that r that's a uh, that's r i think but i'm not sure because if that is i feel like that's kind of the same thing people feel the same way and that like well that's that's acceptable well and in the christian in in the christian community everyone's seen passion of the christ yeah it's true you know and that's a hard r oh yeah but they're okay but again they're okay with it because they're philosophically on board with it which i guess Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why i started this podcast is so that i can you know talk to christians and say hey there are other movies that you'd be philosophically on board with and you may not know it yeah and you might be avoiding it just yeah. because uh, cause it's because it's not as it doesn't package itself that way yeah. it's not about the greatest generation or jesus you know <laughs> um it might be about these stupid uh high school students who are getting drunk at a party mm. you know but you can still learn something from it and and all that so yeah. um so you know if if you run across people kind of with that attitude you know you can try and and argue with them or, or not argue but you can i'd say try and have a discussion with them but 
it, it might not work in which case you just have to you know don't you it doesn't mean you should be a jerk to them yeah. or even condemn them they might just they had a different upbringing i was you know if i didn't have the parents that i had i might have a very different attitude mm-hmm. um and so yeah so i would say don't you know even if they are judging you that doesn't necessarily give you the right to judge them right um and even even though I, you know, if they're espousing something that I'm completely against, it's just you know, you never know where somebody is coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I was gonna say quick too that like, for for people who feel like they're being held back by a church community, mm-hmm. in any community that you're in, any like city community, you can find people who who love film. Right. Um, a lot of times they're not the same as the church people, but uh, if you if you're keeping your head on straight about about your role in the church and your role as a Christian, if 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 this is your dilemma, um, then I think it's good to to be in those in those places though with with other film lovers lovers because one thing you'll you'll learn about film, but if you're at the same time staying grounded in your faith, then you like learn what you can agree with in those films or like what you disagree with in those films, even if it's if it's great. There's a lot in Bergman that I disagree with, but I can I can see the right. artistic greatness in it. And I think I think that's a great for anyone who really wants to who certainly wants to be involved in film or uh, anyone who just really loves film. I think that's a great skill to have is to be able to see something as artistically great, even if you don't disagree with it. Yeah. And to. Uh, to to be, to be able to yeah to recognize good artistic work well and to and you know in life i mean you're going to run across people who don't agree or people who have different morals than you yeah, in anything. and what do you do with and what do you do when it when you run across a philosophy that's different than yours you you will measure it up against what you believe the truth to be mm-hmm. and then you will see if there's common ground and often there is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with, in watching a film that you feel like there's nothing in this. You know, nothing morally that I can get on board with. And every once in a while you will find a film that ha- there is nothing I can get on board with. Yeah. But th- it's very rare. I would, I would say... But most Lars von Trier films, I think, is the way that I feel. Ah, uh, that's... that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sadly. You know what? And he's, he's a great director. I definitely... I, yeah. I the greatest in the world, I've been told. <laughs> yeah, someone seems to think so. Um... Uh, but e- even though I can respect him as a, as a very talented filmmaker who has a wonderful artistic sense and is a very great director, uh, I'm not on board with anything he has to say. I- I'm pretty sure across the board, like it, uh, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, and but what? But the thing to do is to is to you know, as I've said on the show before, is to you know you you measure. Any anything that has a philosophy, uh, film or otherwise, you measure it against. You know what you know to be truth, uh, what the Bible says is true, yeah. and and you see where this thing lines up, and chances are it will line up more than you expect it to. Mm. Um, and then the things where it doesn't line up, you just say, okay, well, how do don't, don't just throw those away either. Don't yeah. you don't necessarily have to internalize them, but you can say, well, how did this person get come to that conclusion? Right, and can I learn something from that as well? Yeah, and it's really, you know, uh, it's. And I guess I don't know. I mean, you you probably you as the listener probably already know that, and probably already have that philosophy, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I would just say, as Josh said, find people who have similar interests. You know, seek out ways to be challenged artistically, um, and 
yeah, don't certainly don't don't be ashamed of what you love because you know I I feel like I'm in Los Angeles. I'm doing this podcast and I'm doing and I'm pursuing film criticism because I feel like that is what God has for me. That is where He has led me. I've found it immensely satisfying and rewarding, and it has seemed to actually touch some people that listen to this and that's not a fun i don't feel i feel like that's not really a function of me this po- the basic podcast wasn't even my idea i'll tell that story another time <laughs> but um you know and i and i have to assume it's the same with you you came here because you felt this is what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. you know and if, so if you find yourself if you find that you love film you're good at it whatever it is acting writing directing criticism whatever you're good at it and you find it satisfying, then that's probably what you're supposed to do. And just because people in your church or community might take, I would say, the narrow view and say, well, it's impossible for God to use that. Well, that is limiting God. <laughs> and with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. That's what the Bible says. And so, so yeah, just don't don't be discouraged and just keep in prayer and pray for those people and, and pray that you never get to a point where you are judging them. Mm-hmm. Um, because then everybody loses. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think, Oh my longest episode ever, Josh. Yes. I was expecting this one to be under an hour. I need to just leave my expectations. Marathon. So, um, this is even long for a BP episode. That's what's amazing. <laughs> and those episodes are long. You know, what? let's just, let's start with a whole new topic. All right. What do you think are the 500 greatest movies of all time? All right. Well, I'm going to have to start with Cable Guy. Okay. Wait. Here's the trick, though. Here's the... Danny Kaye has to be in at least 10 of these movies. Court Jester. All right. White Christmas. White Christmas, of course. I don't know any others. Uh, Wait. uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. That is all I got. The Inspector General. Inspector General. Absolutely. funny. Inspector Gadget. I know he's not in that, but that's that's one of the top 500. Oh, okay. That's one of the non-dedicated top 500. Right. It's just, it, I, I was thinking about it because Inspector. We, we could have a whole other list that's just top 500 non-Danny K films. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem, though. White Christmas, not on that list. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Unless you don't think of it as a Danny K film, think of it more as a Bing Crosby that he just happens to appear in. It's not think, really a Danny K vehicle. I think anything he's in... He takes the reins and he rides into the sunset. Oh, okay. Sorry, everybody, for that. Let's wrap this up. Um, Okay, so uh, here's what we're going to do. Well, first off, uh, as I mentioned, Josh is a blogger for uh, the website, morethanonelesson.com. Yes, sir. And uh, along with regular reviews, he also has been going through and doing a series uh, called The Best of Pictures. Um, And uh, basically, what is that, Josh? That's uh, kind of a retrospective on the movies that have won Best Picture and um, half review, half uh, how does it compare to other movies that were that year? Right. Um, what is it? What's it mean that it got an Oscar? Is that right? Yeah. Sort of things like that. Yeah. Like now that, you know, now that it's been a few years, you get you have some perspective on it. You know, often a movie that has won Best Picture, uh, people will say, oh, that shouldn't have won. English Punch, um, 96. Josh says English patient 96. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, but then there are some where people say, you know what, I'm I'm fine with it. I feel like that deserved to win, you know. Um, but nine, I'd say eight times out of ten, eighty percent of the time is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, people almost always say, well, it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been that. It should have been this, you know. Um, people have a lot of bones to pick. Yep, yeah, ninety-seven. L.A. Confidential. Um, yeah. Titanic one. That's true. That's the only one I haven't seen. I know, which is I'm I'm excited for you to see it, sort of. Um, yeah. So uh, so here's what we're also going to do, actually, um, because we're uh, you know because I, I want people to see the work of of Josh Long. Uh, we're going to have a, a little raffle uh, so that uh, you can get uh, a, a copy of for the title, which is uh, his award winning. That's right, People's Choice. Uh, his People's <laughs> Choice award winning. Um, mockumentary for the title and uh so we are going to give away three copies of it all mm-hmm. right here's how here's what you do you will write in to tyler at more than one com. you say hey i want a copy of that for the title movie and uh your name will be entered will be you know put on a list you don't have to like include an essay about like my favorite moments of 2009 no know. no not at all my, all favorite, you, all you just my gotta, favorite non-Danny Kaye films. All right, maybe include one. <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> just just uh, write in Tyler at morethanonelesson.com and uh, just say, hey, I want a copy of that. Uh, your name will be put into the raffle. It will be plugged into the randomizer, which is my favorite <laughs> thing. And, uh, and I will announce uh, probably in a few weeks uh, who will, who will uh, receive them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will mail them to you. And why not? We'll have Josh autograph him. Oh, so are you okay, are you okay with that? I actually lost both of my hands in a boating accident recently. I know you can't tell because <laughs> of these amazing prosthetic hands. The only thing they can't do autograph. Oh, I can play the clarinet now. I couldn't before. Can autograph. Hmm. You think? All right. You know what? I'm not going to continue with this. Uh, None so, of yeah. that is true. Thanks everybody for for listening. You can uh, you know you can email me Tyler at more than one lesson dot com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at more lessons. You can follow me on Twitter at the Josh Long. The Josh Long. That's right. And uh, and uh, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, please go in and write us a very nice review. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening uh, to this extra long episode. I uh, <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. My apologies, everyone. But uh, glad it you. is kind of your fault. It is probably my fault. But thanks for being with us. Indeed. All Thanks right. for sharing. Bye. You, you can say bye now, too. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.